Do your kids want more Mystery Kids episodes? Are you sick of the same ones playing every single day? Well, we have the perfect place for you. Head over to become a Patreon today. For $5 a month, you'll get two more bonus episodes, plus episodes that are already in Patreon. Episodes like The Deepest Hole on Earth, The Great Emu War in Australia of 1932, The Bombing of Hawaii's Volcano, The Dancing Plague, The Ohio Grassman, and some animal fact episodes about the pangolin, the ai, the axolotl, and the taipan, plus much, much more. This makes a wonderful birthday present for your kids and gives you way more to talk about as a family, which is the whole point of the Mystery Kids podcast. So for $5 a month, you can get two more bonus episodes plus all the past episodes. To become a patron, go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash Mystery Kids Pod and sign up today. Thank you so much for your support. On this episode of the Mystery Kids Podcast... What happens when the largest ship in 1912 hits an iceberg? Welcome to Mystery Kids Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Mystery Kids Podcast. And today I have some very, very special news. Today is our 25th episode and we hit 25,000 plays. That means that this podcast has been listened to 25,000 times. You guys, I just want to cry. I'm so excited. This podcast was kind of just made on a whim last summer and I felt like there was a need for it. And this is just it proved me right. So thank you. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast. It means the world to me. And I'm so grateful that you come and you come back and you listen every single week. So some other big news, I decided 25th episode, 25,000 listens. It's time to make a Patreon account. And if you don't know what a Patreon account is, that means that we are now Patreons, which means that you can buy in a membership every single month to get more content. So if you are loving and devouring each episode, now you have the opportunity to have bonus content. So tier one to become a mystery kid patron is $5 a month. And this gives you extra content to become a Mystery Kids VIP Patreon. It's $10 a month and you get an extra episode a month, bonus content. You get a shout out of your name, which that's in both Patreons. You get a shout out if you become a patron with us because I want to just shout from the rooftops all the people that support us. So make sure to put your kids' names in so they can have their name featured on an episode. And also, if you are a patron, you can get an an idea or you can put your idea in of the next couple episodes. So if you want to support this podcast, support that I can continue to do this because this does take me a lot of research. Um, Each episode takes me probably four to five hours a week to create. um, And that includes all the free content that is on our website. I would just greatly appreciate if you became a patron and could get the bonus and extra content as well. So huge shout out and huge 
huge thank you. Another big thank you I have going on right now is if you will please leave us an Apple review. So go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review saying how much you love this podcast with some words or whatever you want to put. Go ahead and do that. Screenshot it and send it to me at, um, at the Mystery Kids Podcast on Instagram. I'm going to do a thank you stickers or a random couple thank you thank you stickers to those that do this. So thank you so much for supporting us and I love this podcast and I love that this is something I get to do. I have one of the coolest jobs in the world. So thank you for your continued support and for sharing this podcast. Now we are ready to get on with this episode, which I am so excited. This episode is about the Titanic, which as a kid, I was obsessed with the Titanic. So I'm so excited to share all of this episode with you. It was April 10th, 1912. It was an amazing, amazing sight to see. As William Carter, also known as Billy, 11-year-old little boy, he was stepping into the Titanic. The Titanic was a massive ship, the largest ship in the world. And here was gathered a massive crowd waiting to see the largest ship set sail. It was 12 o'clock in the afternoon Everyone was waving from the shore and waving from the ship as 2,220 passengers and crew were on board the Titanic as it set sail. Billy was a first-class passenger, and the Carters were among the richest family on the Titanic. Not only were the first-class passengers, but all of their children, including Billy, attended boarding school, and they had a servant with them on the boat as well. The Carters were quite wealthy. They still went through the tragedy, the same as everyone else. They did not realize, as the ship left the harbor, that the ship would never return to a harbor again. Titanic was known as the world's biggest ship in 1912. Its very first voyage was from England to New York, and it was a massive ship. It was 882 feet long and over 100 feet tall. It had 10 levels. It was so large and well-built that it was known as being unsinkable. So was it actually a safe ship? At the time, the Titanic was considered one of the safest ships ever built. It had all sorts of safety features. Its hull had two layers of steel to prevent from leaking. It also had 16 compartments that could be sealed off using watertight sealed doors. If the ship sprung a leak, the doors would close and it would keep the ship from sinking. So the Titanic was built using the best technology in the time. It was the 1900s, including two giant steam engines and a turbine that provided 46,000 horsepower. It took two years to build and 15,000 workers to build the Titanic. The ship had facilities to support up to 2,453 passengers and 900 crew. The first class areas were decorated more like a fancy hotel than a ship. There was a swimming pool, a gymnasium, a barber shop, a library, cafes, and a squash court. 
So the Titanic departed from Southampton, England on April 10th, 1912, and it stopped at the French port of Cherbourg, Cherbourg, that's, I'm not French. I may have taken four years of French, but I am not French. So <laughs> don't mind that I can't speak French and the Irish port of Queenstown to pick up more passengers. It left Queenstown and began its faithful trip across the Atlantic ocean on April 11th, 1912. On board, there were 129 children, ages 14 and under, including several unborn babies. The Titanic actually cost $7.5 million to build and create in 1912, which in today's world would actually cost $400 million. The most expensive ticket to travel aboard the Titanic would cost about $99 thousand dollars in today's money the titanic was almost as long as three football fields to feed the passenger and crew titanic had 86,000 pounds of meat four 40,000 eggs 40 tons of potatoes 7,000 heads of lettuce 3,500 pounds of onions 36,000 apples and a thousand loaves of bread on board Titanic was one of the first ships to have a telephone system and electrical lights in all of the room. So including the four smokestacks, the Titanic was as tall as a 17-story building. Titanic had four elevators, a heated swimming pool, a gym, two libraries, and two barber shops. Each day, the passenger and the crew was 14,000 gallons of drinking water, so that meant that they had to take all their drinking water with them. Titanic's engines used to be more than 800 tons of coal each day, so it used more than 800 tons tons of coal each day and the ship's top speed was 24 knots or 27 miles per hour smoke and steam made that by the titanic's boilers escape through three stacks builders added a fourth stack because they thought it made the ship look better so the fourth stack or the big huge column on top of the ship was just for looks and titanic could carry 3,547 passengers and crew, but only 2,200 people traveled on its first voyage. So if Titanic would have set sail from Europe to New York like it was supposed to, um, it should have taken about five days and 18 hours to cover the track. That's about 2,891 miles if the boat continued to go at 21 knots. April 14th, only four days after sailing, Titanic received sporadic reports from ice about ice from other ships, but she was sailing under calm seas under moonless clear sky. And it was about 1130 PM when a lookout saw an iceberg coming out of the slight haze dead ahead. He then rang the warning bell and telephoned the bridge. The engines were quickly, quickly reversed and the ship turned sharply instead of making direct impact. Titanic seemed to graze along the side of the berg, sprinkling ice fragments forward onto the deck. Let's take a minute to talk about what an iceberg is. So an iceberg is a large piece of ice floating in the sea. They're generally found in really cold water, but where they were, they were actually in really cold water. So 
When you see an iceberg, you'll see a small amount at the top and 90% of the iceberg is below the waterline and only 10% is above it. So by looking at an iceberg, it might look like it's small, but actually it's a massive underneath it. So icebergs break off from larger structures of ice and they drift off into sea and kind of float for, float in the sea for years until they melt completely. So Titanic sees this iceberg straight ahead. So they take the ship and they turn it so they don't directly hit it. Like right on the nose of the ship, they hit it on the side. And what happens is when this happens, they only kind of grazes along the side. So they kind of think like, oh, we kind of missed it. Like we just grazed across it. Since there were no collisions, the lookouts were so relieved. They had no idea the iceberg had jagged underwater spur so it was this like sharp point sticking out from the iceberg which slashed a 30 foot gash in the hole below the ship's waterline so they couldn't see it because it was under the water on the outside of the ship there is this 30 or 300 foot gash in the hole and by the time the captain toured the damaged area Five compartments were already filling with seawater, and the bow of the doomed ship was alarmingly pinching downward, allowing seawater to pour from one bulkhead into the neighboring compartment. So they did a quick calculation and estimated that Titanic might remain afloat for an hour and a half, maybe more. And at that point, the captain, who had already instructed his wireless operator to call for help, ordered the lifeboats to be loaded. As they begin to realize that the Titanic is in danger, um, they start sending messages. But wireless messaging was kind of new and in the beginning of all the ships. So some ships didn't have it. Some ships didn't know about it. Or it was kind of used more for messaging for fun, but they weren't really sure how to use it for a dangerous situation. So Jack Phillips, um, he sits down and he's the operator of the wireless system, he began sending out the distress signal, um, the CQD, booming out across the Atlantic Ocean. The wireless operators also joked that they may as well try the new distress signal that's been introduced just barely. It was called SOS um, because they may never get to use it again. So SOS is now what we use today, but CDQ, or CQD was what was used for about 20 years before this because all of this technology was almost brand new during this time. So the wireless operators stuck to their tasks. They kept saying, come at once. We've struck an iceberg. It's a Q, it's a CQD. Um, so they're yelling out to other ships. We struck an iceberg. We're sinking by the head. And a lot of other ships just did not believe what was going on. They were like, what? What's happening? They, they didn't grasp the urgency. They didn't really understand or they, they weren't close enough to really help. So... This website I'm looking at from bbc.com talks about that it was kind of like trying to organize a rescue using Twitter, where everyone's trying to like figure out what's going on, but there's contra like contradictory messages coming off because other people don't know what's going on. 
So he keeps talking and keeps sharing like this is an emergency. Everything's flooded. And a ship, their sister ship called the Olympic, calls back and says, we're lighting up the boilers. We're trying to move as fast as you can. We're moving and we're moving. So Jack Phillips continues to do it even when... Um, everything starts becoming quiet and the captain releases him because he realizes, you know what, you've done a great job, but you need to go. You need to go find a lifeboat. It's time for you to go. And um, the ship's sinking. Jack Phillips stays until the last moment to make sure that his messages get seen by others. So he is actually seen as um, a hero in Titanic's story. So a little more than an hour after contact with the iceberg, um, an evacuation began to happen. So it was really disorganized. It was haphazard. Everyone was kind of running around. And it began with the lowering of the first lifeboat. So the craft was designed to hold 65 people. So this little lifeboat could hold 50, 65 people and it left with only 28 people on it. So the ship is literally sinking and it can hold 65 people, but it left with only 28 on board. And sadly, this was the norm. According to the, or during the confusion and the chaos, during the precious hours before the Titanic plunged into the sea, nearly every lifeboat that was launching was underfilled. Some only had a handful of passengers. In compliance with the law of the sea, women and children boarded the boats first. And only when there were no women or children nearby were men allowed to be on board. Yet many of the victims were in fact women and children. And the result of disorder orderly procedures that failed to get them in the boats in the first place. Andrew's prediction said that titanically stubbornly stayed afloat for close to three hours. Those hours witnesses, it was cowardly people and very prideful people, but also people that were extraordinarily brave trying to save other people. Hundreds of human dramas unfolded in order to load the lifeboats and the ship's final plunge. Men saw off wives and children and family were separated in the confusion and the selfless individuals gave up their spot to remain with loved ones or allow more vulnerable passengers to escape. In the end, 706 people survived the sinking of the Titanic. Molly Brown is often talked about from Titanic. So she was incredible. She was loud and very buoyant and exciting during this time. And so she helped load the boats and she was finally forced onto the last boat as it left. And when she saw the ship go down, she begged the crewmen to turn back for the survivors, but they refused, fearing that they'd be swamped by, you know, the thousands of people that are trying to escape in the ICC. So Titanic was nearly perpendicular. So as it was sinking, it started to stand up right. So stand on like its tip. And with many of the lights still glowing, it dove beneath the ocean surface about 2.20 a.m. on April 15, 2012. Throughout the morning, Cunard's Carpathia, um, after receiving Titanic's distress call at midnight and steaming at full speed while dodging ice flows all night, rounded up all the lifeboats, and they only contained, contained 705 survivors. 
So at least five separate separate boards of inquiry on both sides of the Atlantic conducted comprehensive hearings on Titanic sinking. They were interviewing dozens of witnesses, consulting with experts, trying to understand how this unsinkable ship had sunk. So they interviewed all these witnesses, consulted with all these experts, and they talked to the officers and the crew that survived. And it's always been assumed that the ship ship sank as a result of the gash that caused the bulkhead compartments to flood. But various other theories have emerged over the decades, including that the ship's steel plates were too brittle for the near-freezing Atlantic water. And the impact caused the rivets to pop and the expansion of joints failed. So technological aspects of the catastrophe, catastrophe aside, Titanic's demise had taken a deeper, almost mythical meaning in popular culture. So many people view this tragedy as mortality, playing about the danger of humans. Titanic's creators believe they had built an unsinkable ship that cannot de- be defeated by the laws of nature. This overconfidence explains the electrifying impacts Titanic sinking on the public when she was lost. Lost. There was widespread disbelief that a ship could not possibly have sunk. And due to the era's slow and unreliable means of communication, misinformation abounded. Newspapers initially reported that the ship had collided with an iceberg but remained afloat and was being towed to port with everyone on board. It took many hours for accurate accounts to become wildly available. And even then, people had trouble accepting this paragon of modern technology could sink on her maiden voyage, taking more than 1,500 souls with her. Uh, All of this is so fascinating. It's all from history.com. But talking about how people truly thought that it was kind of a myth, a strange tragedy, and it all came from people believing they, that they had built something that was a force of nature. So before the ship had even left the harbor at the very beginning, she was designed to hold 32 lifeboats, but there were only 20 on board. So they knew, leaving the harbor at the very, very beginning, that there weren't enough lifeboats for all the passengers. So over 1,500 people died in this horrible catastrophe. And the wreck, the wreckage of Titanic at the very bottom of the Atlantic was discovered by Robert Ballard in 1985. There were new safety rules put in place after the sinking of the Titanic that made sure that every single ship had enough lifeboats on board for everyone. So there is so much information about the Titanic. It is absolutely fascinating and a fascinating story. But I really want to go back to who we talked about at the very beginning. William Carter, also known as Billy. So on the night the Titanic struck the iceberg, the Carter family went in to get in line to get on a lifeboat. Billy's mom and sister easily made it onto the boat. But Billy was told he was too old. Remember, they were trying to get women and children on board. And Billy was a boy, um, but he was 11 years old. So he looked a bit older and they told him, no, you can't get uh, you can't get on board. This is only for women and girls. Mrs. Carter thought really fast and she disguised Billy as a little girl. 
so he could get on. With some luck and quick thinking, this 11-year-old boy was able to survive one of the world's greatest tragedies. As soon as Titanic had sank, um, they had sent out ships and boats, and they had done all that they could to try to search for Titanic. But since it was such a vast area of the ocean, I mean, the North Atlantic Sea is massive, um, no one was able to find it. Um, they actually sent out a first expedition in 1977. Remember, it sank, sank in 1912. But they sent out a, the expedition in 1977, and it was unsuccessful. So in 1985, um, a ship called the Argo traveled just above the ocean floor. Um, it was sending photographs up to the researcher vessel called the Knorr, K-N-O-R-R. In the early mornings of September 1st, Argo was investigating debris on the ocean floor when it suddenly passed over one of Titanic's massive boilers. They found it lying at a depth of 13,000 feet. So the next day, the body of the ship was discovered nearby, and what they had noticed was the ship had actually split into two. Um, but many of its features and interiors were remarkably well preserved. Hundreds of thousands of bits of debris were scattered in a two mile radius around the ship. The wreck was explored by manned and unmanned submersibles, which shed new light and details about its sinking. So I will have pictures of what they found below the surface. I will have pictures of the boat before and after all on the website, which I will have links. And it's just such a fascinating story. I have always loved this just incredible story. And I love the people who fought hard for other people to make sure that they got out alive. So I'm actually going to be talking on the Patreon account. If you become a patron, um, one of the bonus content is going to be about some more of the children that were aboard the ship. So make sure you sign up as a patron. And also so I can shout you out on the next episode. Um, I'm so excited to start this. So thank you so, so much. Make sure you're following us on Instagram. And we will see you next time on the Mystery Kids Podcast. Thanks for listening. On the next episode of the Mystery Kids Podcast, we head to Egypt to figure out how the pyramids were built.